what is the secret to manifesting? And you know what is the one consistent thing everyone says? Being grateful. Being grateful for what you have, right? That's happiness mm -hmm. in the now. But if you're just grateful for what you have and you're not asking for more, then what are you manifesting? Mm -hmm. So you must be grateful for what you have. That's happiness in the now. Gratitude accelerates that happiness. But at the same time, you must have your, scope, your goals. Big goals. That's why I always have these big goals, mm -hmm. half of which I expect to fail at. Because if I didn't expect to fail at they're fast, not they're not big enough. The Alpha Talks podcast crafts you and your business into an alpha, not for the faint-hearted. I am Sefer Hakim, serial entrepreneur and your success mentor, founder of the Alpha Movement, and people call me the Alpha. And that's for a reason, of course. With 20 plus years of experience and eight figures portfolio of businesses, myself and the show guests will be striking thunder of top-notch listening in business and mindset. No bull, just first-class value, not like others. So join us now to become your own version of an alpha. Welcome back, Alphas, to a new inspiring episode of the Alpha Talks podcast. Today in the studio, I've got a very special alpha for you today. Today, we have the privilege of hosting a visionary entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and a global thought leader who has dedicated his life to reshaping how we perceive the world from business to spirituality. Our guest is none other than Vishen Lakiani, the dynamic founder and the CEO of Mind Valley, a trailblazing educational technology company that has transformed the lives of millions around the globe. Vision's journey from Silicon Valley computer engineer to a meditation advocate and influential figure in the personal development is nothing short of extraordinary. Author of best-selling books like The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, The Buddha and the Badass, the six phases meditation method, Vision has not only challenged conventional thinking, but has also redefined success and personal growth. Through Mind Valley, he has created the platforms that offers a diverse array of courses, touching on mindfulness, meditation, fitness, and health, attracting over 20 million users worldwide. Vision is here today to share his insights on health, wealth, the power of beliefs, and limitless potential within each of us. So without further ado, let's dive into the extraordinary mind of Vision Likiani on the Alpha Talks show. Thank you very much for being with us today. It's really Thank a you, pleasure Saif. and honor. I'm honored to be in this podcast. I've really admired your style in terms it. of how you conduct this podcast. But more than that, your voice. Your voice. <laughs> Have you ever considered recording audios? <laughs> to help <laughs> soothe people into sleep. I think you could put babies to sleep. No I think way. that could be your next billion dollar no idea. Really? <laughs> Let's work on it. <laughs> I bet a lot of your audience listen to your voice, listen to this podcast because they just love the no resonance way. of your voice. <laughs> you know, you're the first one who told me that. No oh, one really? else has noticed? Uh, 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 no, 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 no. Deep voices, yeah. deep voices Did you notice are in vogue. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so vision. Thank you again very much for coming to, with us today. I usually start with a question. The question is, when we publish the episode, a lot of people will right. see the graphics, will see the thumbnail, and they will see the title. And of course, they will think that's extremely interesting. What can you promise them today that they will gain if they gave us their time? Well, well what, you're gonna, what I'm hoping we'll talk about today are new ideas on what it means to be human. Human beings are not one thing. It's not just about your love life or your body or your work or happiness or emotional mastery. 
where my multidimensional beast mm. and mind value, you look at maybe 12 different dimensions of being human. Wow. And what I do is I'm an investigator. Mm. I look at everything from emotional mastery to entrepreneurship, productivity, body. And I go out there and I try to find the best approaches to really excel in all of these things. And very often what we think is correct is not correct. It's been invalidated by science. No way. And so I'm constantly refreshing these approaches. And that's what the Mind Valley platform is about. Whether you're looking to be a better parent or you're looking to put on muscle or you're looking to lose weight or you're looking to improve your productivity, I want to go out there, find the best teachers, the best researchers, bring them onto the platform and help people become the best human beings they can be. Wow, looking forward. Vision, let's start. Who's Vision from your perspective? How do you see Who am I? Yeah. How do you see yourself? So I like to answer it in that way. My heritage is Indian. And in Indian culture, there's this concept called Dharma. And Dharma is it's a complex idea, but a good way to understand it is, why is your soul here? So maybe your soul is here. For you, maybe it's to be a messenger. Mm-hmm. Maybe another person, their soul could be to be an artist. Another person, their soul, like Steve Jobs, his soul was to probably one of the most influential human beings. His soul was to elevate humanity to the next degree of our technological progress. I believe my soul is to spread enlightened ideas. So I'm a researcher. I've interviewed thousands of people. My books are basically assimilations. Like for The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I interviewed all of these amazing people. I draw the connections between their theories, their philosophies, and I present new ways of being human. My soul is to help spread enlightened ideas. So that's what I am. I'm a purveyor of ideas. Ideas specifically to make us become better humans. Wow. You know, Vision, what I know, and I, I saw your videos, And I was really impressed by one main thing. Which is? You were flying over 10 hours Uh to make classes, right, for meditation across from your country. When I started, yes. Exactly. You were that passionate. But I will come to this afterwards. But what happened? You're a mechanical, uh, electrical engineer, right? Uh The shift, where the shift happened? So what happened? So, you know, sometimes life will just come and punch you in the gut when you're on the wrong path. Yeah. Okay, so there's this really interesting idea from one of the philosophers that, that I like, Michael Beckwith, mm-hmm. and it's called Kensho Moments. Mm-hmm. So Michael Beckwith says that sometimes if your soul is going down the wrong track, mm-hmm. life will give you a punch. Kensho is an awakening through pain. Okay. So the pain has a purpose. The pain is to nudge you in a new direction. So what happened was I studied computer engineering, not because I was going to be a great engineer, but because growing up in an Indian family, you are either an engineer, a lawyer, a doctor, Mm -hmm. or a family failure. (laughs) So I went into computer engineering, hated it. Went to Silicon Valley, borrowed some money from my dad, wanted to start a little software company with an idea I had, lost everything. Mm. I wasn't meant to be an engineer. What happened next was I got a job in sales, but I sucked at sales too. And soon I was broke and I couldn't afford rent and I was sleeping on the couches of friends. Now, one day in desperation, I was Googling online and I discovered meditation, Mm -hmm. specifically the Silva Method. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a very popular book, huge in the 70s. Now it sits on Mindvalley, but back then Mm -hmm. it was this, this approach that teaches you how to go inside your mind, tap into altered states of reality, and then do three things. Number one, tap into intuition. Okay, intuition, where you know things that your brain alone shouldn't be able to know. Number two, 
heal, heal your body, increase your longevity, heal your body, and also to a lighter degree, influence healing on other people. And third, manifest your reality. That's the claims of the silver method. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we won't talk about those claims. That was what drew me to the class. Now I take what I learned in the class and I go back to my horrible sales job. And instantly I'm performing at a different level. I know exactly who to call. The same job. Same job. I know exactly who to call. I know exactly, I'm visualizing myself closing sales. I know exactly what to say on the phone. It's like my mind is operating at a different degree. In the next four months, I get three promotions in four months and I'm made vice president of this company. I go from a lowly junior hire to vice president in just a short number of months, in four months. And so I couldn't even believe what happened to me. But I stayed with the company for about one and a half years. Mm -hmm. Then I decided, you know, I want to do something more. I want to be an entrepreneur. And I decided to, my mother was a teacher. My father had a small entrepreneurial venture in Malaysia. Both my parents lived in Malaysia. So I decided to quit my job in America As a VP. and become an entrepreneur. And what did I want to sell? Inspired by my mom, who was the teacher, and my dad, who was a trader, I decided I want to sell education because education is what can truly change someone's life. And that's when I built the first website. We were focused on helping people improve their mindset, so we called it Mind Valley mm -hmm. because that domain was available. The other domain was which one? Rainbridge. <laughs> I was going to call it Rainbridge Consulting, yeah. and I was going to help people um, build build their, their yeah. online platforms. Oh, God, I'm so Thank glad God, yeah, I did not call my company Rainbridge Consulting. Yeah. And so we went with Mindvalley. Yeah. It started in 2003, right? Yeah. Can you tell us about the early days? Because you passed through a lot of oh, challenges. Oh, the early days sucked. It's absolutely sucked, right? Yeah. Early days Including sucked. the table, the yeah. black table. Mm-hmm. Broke, not making money, losing money. You know, everybody thinks that when you start a business, you're going to be an overnight success. Yeah. No, it took me over a thousand nights before I was a success. So we're talking three, four, five years. It was hard. Yeah. If I hadn't started my, in year five of my business, I calculated that if I hadn't started my business, I would have had more money. If I just stayed at a stable job, I would have worked less hours, had more money. And you kept doing it for five years. What kept you going? Stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> inspire people <laughs> so no I, I kept doing it um, if you want to know the truth yeah it's really I kept doing it for five years because I had no job options you see back then mm -hmm. Saif I'll, I'll tell you a very a story that is probably the most heartbreaking time in my life I started the company in New York it was 2003 this was two years after September 11 yeah. I'm a Malaysian citizen so I have a Malaysian passport my girlfriend back then was from Europe so she had a European passport America was a different country back at that time. And after September 11, there was a general fear of Muslim people. Yeah. I was added to special watch list, a Muslim watch list. Mm -hmm. They called it special registration. And so living in America, I couldn't get in a plane without a two-hour interrogation. Yeah. There were certain airports I could no longer use. If I got off a plane, again, a two-hour interrogation before you get to go to luggage claim, and worst of all, every four weeks, I had to report to the police, wait in line for four hours, report to the police for an interview, for a mugshot, and to give them my credit card so they could see all my purchases. Now, this was 2003. Social media wasn't big then. Facebook had not been invented. So there was no outcry. When Trump tried to bring this back in 2016, there were huge protests 
all across America. America has changed. But in 2003, you're a brown person in America, you shut the hell up and you accept it. And so I had to accept it. But after living in America for nine years, I discovered I love America. I feel more American than anything else, but I'm not going to live a life where I have to go and report to the police every four damn weeks. Because someone, someone somehow thinks that this is okay. So I quit and I went back to Malaysia. Now, when I went back to my country, I didn't have job options. Malaysia was a developing country. We moved Mind Valley back to Malaysia. Wow. I didn't have job options. There were no companies. I mean, you don't earn much in Malaysia. So I had to slog it out and make it work. There were no great companies hiring in Malaysia. So I decided to create my own. And sure enough, within five years, like I said, it took five years, but within five years, Mind Valley was one of the top private companies to work at in Malaysia. Our office was an ink magazine. It's one of the most beautiful offices in the world. But because of the racism I experienced, I I decided that I was going to create one of the most culturally diverse companies out there. And I was very proud because we reached a point where we had close to 200 employees and they came from 60 different nationalities. Soon, people from all around the world were moving to Malaysia, from America, Canada, from Syria, from Greece, from Hungary. They were moving to Malaysia to work at Mind Valley. Wow, that's really... And, and, that's how the comp- and that's one of the ways the company could grow. But yes, those first five years being kicked out of, not kicked out, but having to leave America, having to struggle, being broke. I lived with my parents for the first four years. But I stayed with it because I had no choice. Do you know what it's like working in Malaysia in the, in the year 2000? It's not, a, it's not New York. There are no cool jobs. And you made it happen. I had to make it happen. I had no choice, which is why adversity is one of the greatest things that can push us forward. Today, I'm glad that adversity I had to go through. I'm glad I got on that stupid damn watch list, yeah. which, by the way, Obama ruled unconstitutional in 2008. The whole, whole thing was scrapped in 2008. Wow. Right. Um, Trump tried to bring it back, True. and Trump mm-hmm. was shot down, mm-hmm. but it's a stupid rule. And this is also why today... Mind Valley does so much work in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Muslim. Yeah. I grew up mm-hmm. in a Hindu family, but I grew up in a Muslim country. But I want to be able to shine a light on Middle Eastern culture because I don't want this type of discrimination to spread. The Western mind still doesn't understand True. the incredibleness of this part of the world. True. True. Listen, for people listening to us now, I want to tell them where Mind Valley is now. Right. Services Mind Valley offer just in a quick nutshell. So yeah. you know Netflix. Yeah. If you download the Mind Valley app, what you're getting is really the Netflix of human development. We have 70 of the world's greatest teachers, from the founder of biohacking, mm-hmm. Dave Asprey, billionaire Naveen Jain, who's one of the top entrepreneurs out there, to number one parenting expert Shafali Sabari, to one of the greatest public speaking trainers of all time, Lisa Nichols. No matter what you want to learn. We go out there, we find the best teacher, and we bring that person on one platform. And you get access to these courses. Now, in a few years ago, I invented a new way of learning called Mm -hmm. Quest. So rather than learn as a traditional course, you learn in 20 minutes a day, Mm -hmm. tiny little behavioral shifts that change your mindset, change your mindset, your beliefs, and your habits. And so we layer on new behavioral shifts. And at the end of 7, 14, 21, or 28 days, depending on the program, you are a new person. That's my life. 
So I'm constantly looking at how can I improve every aspect of my life? Every single aspect of a human being's life is hackable, is improvable. You can train yourself to be perpetually happy. You can train yourself for resilience and grit. You can transform your body. You can lose dramatic amounts of weight without Ozempic with the right approach. You can become an amazing public speaker from zero experience and fears on stage. You can master sleep even if you suffer from insomnia. All of this are trainable things that people give up. They don't understand that these things are fixable. So as we age, as we go through life, we accept. We accept mediocrity. We accept bad health. We accept aging. We accept lousy relationships. We accept blows to our self-confidence. But that's not the point of life. What made you write books? I write these books because, as I said, I, I want to get great ideas out. And these books are a really fun project for me. Mm -hmm. I love writing books. So I write these books out of passion. No expectation for where the book is going to go. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently these books have helped change a lot of lives. So you have three books now. Right. The first one, which is the code of... The Extraordinary the, Mind. Mindset. Can you tell us... What message you want to get yeah. across? So in the Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I looked at 10 different beliefs and habits that you can bring together that accelerate your performance in the world as a world changer, as an architect okay. of change. So what is an architect of change, mm -hmm. right? An architect of change is someone who is constantly innovating on themselves, mm -hmm. but also creating change in the world. So the philosophy, and in Buddha and the Badass, I go deeper into yeah. this idea. The Buddha archetype is self-mastery. The badass archetype mm -hmm. is mastery of the world. We have to have both. So let's look at most people today. Yeah. There are people who are deeply spiritual, and they will spend 12 days in a yoga retreat in True. silent meditation. I think that's a waste of time. I honestly wow. do. Mm -hmm. The point of spirituality is not to escape the world. It is to face the world and improve the world. It is not to escape. And we can go deeper into wow, that topic. Yeah, I love that. And that's why you got to combine Buddha and badass. Badass is to be grateful for what you have, but to constantly want more and more. Not just for yourself, but for the world. We must want a more just world. We must dream of, of new ideas, new products that push humanity forward. You have to combine both. So that's a great philosophy by... Uh, by Ken Wilber. He's one of the mm -hmm. most cited epidem uh, academics of all time yeah. and a great philosopher. And this philosophy, and you can Google it online, it's a short essay called Egolessness mm. by Ken Wilber. So Ken is one of the teachers on Mind Valley, And um, what he says is this, the great spiritual sages and saints of the world were not simple-minded milktoes. Milktoes means vanilla. Yeah. They were movers and shakers who rattled the world with the force of their ambition. From bullwhips in the temple to subduing entire continents, they created revolutions that lasted generations. You see, the great spiritual yeah. teachers, whether it's Jesus or Muhammad, they didn't just sit in a cave mm -hmm. and meditate. True, true. They built, they, they, they changed the world. Jesus faced the Roman legions and said, Nail me to a cross. Yeah. Muhammad subdued entire continents. That is the Buddha and the badass combined. We forget that. Mm -hmm. My heroes and the type of people I want to create in the world are not passive spiritual people. Whoa. Whoa. So these are the two books, first two books. First two books. What about the third book? So my third book, The Six-Phase Meditation, yeah. 
is a contemplative approach to bringing these ideas into your life by training your mind. So we look at six phases of the human mind. The first three are about the Buddha. So the first three are compassion, gratitude, and forgiveness. These give you the essence of the Buddha. It's mastery of yourself. The next three is about changing the world. It's what is your vision three years out? What are your goals for today? And then the third one is a prayer to God. It's a basically phase six is is generally the blessing or the prayer. By combining this into a ritual that you do every day, you transform your life. So the six-phase meditation has been cited by many top athletes, many movie stars, many, uh, for example, Billboard magazine had an article about the R&B star Miguel Mm -hmm. doing this with his team before every concert. There was a recent press article about Bianca Andrescu, the 19-year-old girl who beat Serena Williams and won the U.S. Open. She does this before her game, right? So it's been a very powerful approach for athletes, for and especially for entrepreneurs as yeah. well, because you're conditioning your mind for that mastery, Buddha and badass. I love it. Vision, your productivity is unbelievable. Running such organization, doing mm-hmm. all these things at the same time. How do you manage that? Well, what's your hacks? So there are a couple of things I learned about, about getting a lot of things done very soon, right? So the first thing is this, and I think one of the most important lessons, I actually learned this at a lecture in Singularity University mm-hmm. in Silicon Valley. So Singularity, Singularity University is a, it's sort of an um, interesting institution, mm-hmm. and you come and they bring in some of the world's top scientists and researchers to share. And I remember I was in this incredible class, and in front of me was Larry Page, the founder mm-hmm. of Google. In front and to the right was Ray Kurzweil, mm-hmm. right, the futurist. Incredible people in the room. And they shared this idea called the OODA loop. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you about this. So the OODA loop changed my life. It has probably saved me 10 to 20 hours a week. And the idea is basically this. It was, it was an observation by a U.S. Air Force colonel who observed that during wars, okay, so let's say World War II, yeah. you know, back during World War II when American soldiers um, in, in the Pacific and in Europe mm-hmm. were flying these little planes that shot bullets. Yeah. So these were back when warplanes shot mm-hmm. bullets, right? So he observed that the best fighter pilots were also the guys who wasted the most bullets. Okay, so this is interesting because mm-hmm. if you're a good fighter pilot, or you shouldn't be wasting bullets. Exactly. You should be able to aim and boom, you got that. Boom, you got sure. that. But in this case, the best fighter pilots were wasting the most bullets. It was counterintuitive. But they were also shooting down the most enemy planes. Now, if you're in war, what do you care about? Saving bullets or shooting down enemy planes? Mm-hmm. Shooting. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to waste bullets. Yeah. So this Air Force pilot who coined the term UDA said that the best fighter pilots were going through a rapid decision, sh- decision cycle in their head. Observe where the plane is, orient, decide, act. Mm-hmm. UDA, observe, orient, decide, act. Observe, orient, decide, act. Mm-hmm. Observe, orient, decide, act. Now, what they were doing is they were doing this in rapid cycles. Observe, orient, decide, act. The non-effective pilots were doing the same thing, but they were doing it in slower cycles. Okay. So the lesson of UDA is mm-hmm. make decisions fast. Your decision doesn't have to be 100% accurate. It doesn't even have to be 90% accurate. Make decisions fast. Don't worry about wasting bullets. Now, mm-hmm. you can bring this into a company. So in Mind Valley, yeah. this is what I do. I have 400 people. I work from home. Mm-hmm. I don't go to the office anymore because I travel a lot. Mm-hmm. Most of my employees have permission to work from home as well. And we do rapid UDA. I tell my team, if you are 90% sure, make the decision. 
In fact, if you are not making stupid decisions, 10% of the time, you're moving too slow. Mm-hmm. So if I look at your decisions and 10% of your decisions are not stupid or not wrong, you're wasting time. Nobody can be 100% correct. So I want you to make a decision if you're 90% sure. You're trying to decide between signing two author deals. Don't waste three months. You can get to 90% accuracy in one day. And get it Act on 90%. Now, when you do that, you're practicing UDA. You are observing, orienting, deciding, and acting really fast. Now, what happens is that you get into your, you move so fast as a company, you outmaneuver your competitors. So how does this save time? I stopped doing meetings. So I used to have eight hours a day of meetings, 200 employees, right, in my office. Now I don't go to the office. I do maybe four hours a day of meetings, so I have time to get on podcasts like this, to really go deep, to innovate, to meet people, to expand my vision. And my meetings are super fast. And very often- Giving them authority. Right, and you know how I do meetings? Mm -hmm. WhatsApp on my phone. So we want to decide if we should create this new seminar or sign this Mm -hmm. new author. We don't need a meeting. My team, we have a WhatsApp group on my phone. Everyone relevant is in that WhatsApp group. The team drops a message, two to three minutes voicemail. I listen while I'm in my car, my Uber, I say, okay, let's think about this. Great. And then we make a decision. Meetings are often Mm -hmm. to get from 90% to 100%, but we don't care. It's not about accuracy. It's about speed of decision-making. Speed is more important. And when you do that, I cut out, um, let's say, 20 hours a week. I went from eight hours a day of of having to be on calls with my team to four hours a day. Wow. And we're moving so much faster. So Mind Valley moves lightning fast. The biggest complaint I get from employees Mm -hmm. that I hire is things are changing so fast. And I'm like, (laughs) deal with it or get out. If 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 you feel this is too fast, I can recommend you for a government job. Of course, I'm talking yeah, about the Malaysian true, government, true. right? Dubai government, like yeah. the past too. Um, so <laughs> UDA has been incredible. And so I'm really, on the way here, yeah. I made maybe seven major decisions on my phone in 35 minutes. And you train all your team and coach all your team to do the phone. Right, so your team, so there are a couple of rules you've got to yeah. have in your team. Number one, failure is allowed, right? Mm-hmm. Failure is allowed. In, in fact, if you're not failing, you're probably not moving fast true. enough. So that's one, but there's mm-hmm. another thing. And this I learned uh, actually from Larry Page uh, at Google. So Larry Page had an interesting rule in Google that said this. It's called the 50-50 rule of failure. 50% of your team's goals must have a 50% chance of failure. Okay. So let me explain. Mm-hmm. So Larry Institute this in Google. So Google uses objective and key results, OKRs, mm-hmm. right? So let's mm-hmm. say, so there's a beautiful book about this called In the Plex, and it talks mm-hmm. about how Google works. Mm-hmm. So let's say the YouTube team. The YouTube team has four goals for the year. Their goals must be, 50% of their goals must be so big that they, so two goals should be, okay, easy okay. to hit. The other two, 50% of their goals must be so big that they're going to fail at one. So at the end of the year, a team should be achieving s- roughly 70 to 80% of their goals. If they're achieving 100%, something is wrong. They're thinking too small. Mm. If you're achieving 100% of your goals for the year, you're thinking too small. 50% of your goals must have a 50% chance of failure. Whoa. So now, something else happens. Your company is not just making fast decisions. Your company is thinking really big. True. So we have an app, but we're not stopping at an app. I 
we're now looking at how can we build a university. Mm-hmm. We're looking at how can we create the world's biggest personal growth and wellness festival in the world, possibly here in the GCC. Yeah. We're looking at how can we how can we launch a new type of supplement line mm-hmm. to compensate for the 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 lack of nutritional density in human food. We're looking at how can we create a new type of education model for teenagers so we are better able to turn them into fully adjusted, incredible, remarkable adults. We're looking at how do we build Mind Valley hotels and change the way hotels function. These are all big goals. We're going to fail at half of them, but that's the point. You'll fail at now, but you're going to get it. We may fail yeah. permanently, but if I achieve any two or three of those five goals, already it's already huge. How big is your leadership team? Uh, we have 12 people, and they are incredibly talented. They come Across. from, they, are, they have won awards. They come from Amazon, Apple, uh, incredible companies. Vishen, you talked a lot about health, and you talked about billionaires. They care about their health more than right. their wealth. And, but what we see around us, that a lot of people, they're spending a lot on material stuff right. more than their health. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so, you know, one of the things that makes me sad about what I see in the behavior of some men today, and, and I'm saying yeah. this with love, is they've been trained to believe that the fancy watch or the fancy car are a mark of success. And no doubt, if you have a fancy car, fancy watch, I'm sure you deserved it. Congratulations to you. But the most important vehicle It's not what we wear. It's not what drives us around. It's our body, Mm -hmm. right? As as men, as women, it is supremely important that we put our body first. And so it's crazy that people will spend a quarter million dollars on a car, but they won't invest that same degree of of money in world-class personal trainers, world-class gyms, coaches, therapists, if you need one, biohacking utilities. I have, for example... I don't have a car mm-hmm. where I live. I oh, have a really? bicycle. I don't need a car. I don't care about a car. I have Uber. But I have a $12,000 biohacking bed that is scientifically engineered so I have the deepest sleep possible. It's called a Samina bed. S-A-M-I-N-A, mm-hmm. right? Samina. I spend $12,000 on my bed. I will, I will seek out the best trainers in the gym, the best nutritional advisors. I will pay world-class coaches sometimes $10,000 an hour to guide me on a phone and teach me and kick my butt. But I don't have a fancy car. I'm wearing an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. And okay, maybe that makes me look broke, but I care about my body and my health and my mindset more than I care about these other things. Now, again, I'm not saying mm-hmm. ditch the car or whatever. Have that if you need to. But it's so important that we put our bodies. When I say body, your brain is part of it. So mm-hmm. mental health is supremely important. If you can engineer your body into it's the most perfect machine it can be, everything else comes easy. Money comes easy. Love comes easy. Joy, happiness comes easy. Your moods are better. And so you are nicer with people. And so human connection comes easier. But we got to put our bodies first. Question, did you find this or discover this late in your journey? Much later in my journey. I wish I discovered it sooner. I woke up one day at 40. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was disgusted. I was putting on weight. I was at 22% body fat. My face, my skin looked horrible. I was losing my hair. And I decided I got to do something. I've been talking about meditation, but I looked like shit. And that year, I went through different 
um, health programs. One was WildFit, mm-hmm. which is now part of Mind Valley. Mm-hmm. Incredible programs. In 90 days on WildFit, I went from 22% body fat to 14% body Ooh. fat. Then I went on 10X. 10X is another program in Mind Valley. And 10X is science based muscle growth. So after losing that much weight, I, you also lose. Yeah. I, I lost a little bit of muscle. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit skinny. On 10X, I just put on muscle. And so now my body is so fine tuned. I'm still at 14% body fat. Um, I don't want to go lower because I, I don't want to feel too yeah. skinny. And I love, I've trained my brain to just love exercise. To, I, I'm very disciplined about what I eat. If I need to enjoy a glass of wine, I'll do it. But otherwise, I rarely touch mm-hmm. anything alcoholic. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I rarely consu- overconsume alcohol or sugar because my body means so much to me. And what happened is that my whole health transformed. Not only did I start looking younger, mm-hmm. but what is the most surprising thing? My brain became super sharp. It was interesting. There was a period when I changed my health, that was also the period our company revenues and profits started growing exponentially. Really? Yes. And I think there was a connection. When you transform your health, your cognition, your brain processing accelerates. And now you're making better decisions. You're thinking faster. You're working better. You're getting more done in less time. And so 2016 was the year everything changed for me. Wow. But that was... 13 years after I started my business and I was 40 years old, right? So again, I'm a, I'm a slow starter. Vision, everybody has certain set of beliefs mm-hmm. and you believe that our beliefs transforms our life. Can you tell us about this a little bit more and has, give us some hacks? How can we change our beliefs in order to succeed in anything that we want to do? So first, let's talk about beliefs, yeah. right? Everything you believe about yourself and your reality will influence your reality. Beliefs are such a powerful thing. Now, I I first want to cite some scientific evidence on this. There was a fascinating story, uh, which has been talked about in many books. It was by a doctor called Bruno Klopfer. Mm -hmm. So Klopfer had a client, Mr. Wright, and Mr. Wright had lymph node cancer. So this patient goes to see Dr. Klopfer, and Dr. Klopfer knows that there's a connection between the mind and the body. Mm -hmm. So... He knew that there was um, a, a new drug that was coming out. I think it was called Crebiosin for lymph node cancer. Mm-hmm. So he told Mr. Wright, listen, I'm going to give you this drug. And scientific test is showing it's very promising. I think your cancer may, this may be the end of your cancer. So Mr. Wright is super enthusiastic. He takes the drug and Mr. Wright believes that the drug is going to work. Within weeks, Mr. Wright, all his lymph node cancer, he had lumps all over his body. It starts disappearing. He becomes so well he can fly a plane again. He was a licensed yeah. pilot. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the FDA in America starts releasing these reports showing that Crebiosin has been found to be useless against lymph node cancer. Immediately, the lumps start coming back. Why? Because Mr. Wright's belief was taken away. So he goes back to Dr. Bruno Klopfer. And Dr. Klopfer says, Dr. Klopfer is mystified. This man had his cancer disappear. It wasn't, it wasn't the medication. Mm-hmm. He believed it was going to disappear so it disappeared and then as soon as he his belief system changed the cancer came back so the doctor was baffled Mm -hmm. so the doctor decided to try a trick he decided to lie to the patient to mr wright so bruno klopfer said you know i think it was just a dosage i gave you i'm going to give you a stronger dosage so he gives mr wright a saline solution Mm -hmm. which is just salt water right yeah and again the cancer disappears all the lumps in his body vanish but a few months later Official reports come from the FDA saying Crebiosin, completely off the market, useless against cancer. 
the cancer comes back and Mr. Wright dies. Now think about this. This man had lumps all over yeah. his lymph nodes. He believed the medicine could cure him and the lumps disappeared. Then he came to understand that the medicine was maybe useless. The lumps came back. Then the doctor tricked him to believing again the medicine was, could be increased by higher dosage. The lump disappeared. It was the belief that was causing his body to shift. Beliefs are that powerful. Beliefs can literally change your body. You know, people who have multiple personality disorder, mm -hmm. when different personalities enter their body, they take on different health. Sometimes a personality that enters the body, you will have 20-20 vision. Then another personality comes in and you need glasses. You can instantly shift even your eyesight with the right beliefs. You this can is reverse, an interesting one. You can reverse aging. You can everything. A, a more recent study, this one is crazy, wound healing. They did cuts on a person, mm -hmm. okay, of course, with their yeah. permission. And they wanted to see how long it takes for the wound to heal, okay? So they put these people in different rooms. And in some rooms, it was a normal clock showing one hour. In the other rooms, they sped up the clock. Now, they took away the person's phone. Yeah. They took away everything. So they sped up the clock. So maybe it wasn't one hour, but it was... It was maybe 40 minutes, mm -hmm. but made to seem like one hour. The wounds healed faster when the clock was actually 40 minutes because the, in the person's mind, they believed Already. that an hour had elapsed. So our beliefs even influence time. Now, all of this is crazy, but mm -hmm. some of the craziest signs and beliefs is our beliefs influence other people. So they did, they did a study with school teachers and they lied to these school teachers and they said, there are these three kids in your class, let's say Jack, Jill, and Harry, who score beyond average IQ. You're not allowed to tell them, but just know that they are geniuses. At the end of the school year, without the teacher te treating any of the children differently, the teacher's expectation of Jack, Jill, and Harry caused them to have the top grades in the class. So what we believe about someone else, that person will reflect back to us. You can influence your body. You can influence time. You can influence how other people be, uh, behave to you. What else can you do? I believe you can literally influence reality with your beliefs. This is what people call manifesting. Mm -hmm. This is why people talk about synchronicities, coincidences. And this is why beliefs are so important. The universe doesn't give you what you want. The universe will reflect back to you what you believe about yourself. If you believe that you live a life that's lucky, you will be lucky. If you believe you are incredibly skilled at business, you are more likely to make better business decisions. If you believe that money is wonderful, money is good, you will be a good person with money. If you believe that money corrupts, you may make money, but you will be corruptible. Mm -hmm. What we choose to believe about the world will be real for us. And there's so much scientific evidence piling up on this. How can someone, in a very nutshell, in a quick way, change their belief? Something rooted. Okay, so the first thing you got to understand is where do beliefs come from, right? So one of the first things that causes us to have these false beliefs, I hate to say it, mm -hmm. but it's mom and dad. Mm -hmm. Our parents, you see, when you are a child, your brain is a meaning-making machine. Human world is complex. There are so many rules. And so to understand the workings of the human world, we have to generate simple rules very fast. We have to make meaning. So, you know, let's say you are your baby and you're eating food. And you notice that when you release a spoon, it drops and it makes a sound. So as a baby, you're fascinated. You pick up the spoon again and you decide, oh, what? Will it make a bigger sound if I drop it on the floor? So you drop the spoon on the floor. You're just being an innocent baby yeah. investigating gravity. 
but mom comes to you and says, I told you not to drop the spoon. That you decide to do it one more time because you're investigating. And this time mom says, that's it. No more food for you. You're going to sit here and think about what you did. Now the mom thinks they're disciplining the child. But actually, what's going on in the child's head could be very disruptive. In the child's head, the child is going, okay, I have to follow exactly the orders of the adult. I am not allowed to think for myself. I'm not allowed to investigate things. I'm a bad person. Mm. My mother, the person that I felt so connected to, no longer loves me. I'm not getting food. All of these turn into beliefs. I'm not loved. I should do as I'm told. I'm not deserving. And we carry these beliefs into adulthood. And do you understand why so many people are broken adults? If we could just change parenting, the personal growth movement mm -hmm. would not make any money because no one would need it, right? Correct. I'm in business yeah. because generations keep screwing up their kids, right? And all we try to do in personal growth is to teach people healthy habits, healthy, healthy beliefs. So from childhood, we take these beliefs into the world. People forget that if you're alive, you're blessed. If you have a roof over your head, you can be grateful. Mm -hmm. That you are loved. That love doesn't have to come from an outside source. We can love ourselves. We can, ask, we, we can feel love from God or from a higher power, right? But these beliefs afflict us. And these beliefs come from childhood. So how do you fix these beliefs? Yeah. Well, there are a number of different protocols. You can work with a coach. There are many coaches right now that specialize in helping you release trauma. These beliefs are often called trauma. Mm -hmm. You could work with hypnotherapists mm -hmm. that help you remember your past and reinterpret your belief, not from the mind of a four-year-old, but your adult mind. So you start understanding, ah, my mom didn't know better. My mom wasn't taking away love from me, wasn't telling me I didn't deserve food. My mom was simply doing what she thought was best for me based on what she had learned from her mother, mm -hmm. who was maybe born in the 1950s when we had different theories of parenting. And when you can unscramble those beliefs, you start seeing yourself differently. You start believing different things about yourself. You start believing perhaps that, hey, I'm lovable. Hey, I I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm not stupid. I, am, I can be grateful for what I have. And the universe in turn responds. It's an easy thing or not? It is. It's surprisingly easy. If I ask you, what was the hardest limiting belief that you had visioned? And you know what is the hardest? It? You know what is the hardest limiting belief? Mm. That money is bad. And you had that? Yes. Because I grew up in Malaysia. I grew up in a developing country. I grew up in a very simple family. When I grew up, I grew up until I was 12 years old. I was sleeping in a mattress on the floor in my parents' room. Right? My mom was a public school teacher. In Malaysia, it's not like you earn that much money. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up hearing my school teachers, hearing family members, Talk about rich people as being greedy, being, you know, like not ethical. Oh, he must cheat on his taxes. Oh, he's such a mean person. He's so full of himself because he's rich. And so I grew up with guilt around money. It took me years to get rid of that. If somebody's watching us, and even myself, or we're humans at the end of the day, we don't know what, what is our limiting belief. Right. And I can say, like, okay, I'm not successful. How can I discover my limiting belief so I can work on it? Okay, so first thing you got to ask yourself is this, right? There's a, there's a very interesting exercise you can do. And the exercise is this.
take a piece of paper and write down absolute truth, relative truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me explain the difference. Yeah. Absolute truth is that this is a panther mm-hmm. shaped in gold. No matter what culture you are, no matter um, painted in gold, no matter what culture you are, we can agree that this mm-hmm. is a panther. We can agree that this cup holds water. Mm-hmm. No matter what culture you are, it holds water. This is absolute truth. Now you ask yourself, what do I believe that is relative truth? That means other people may disagree. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So rich people are bad. Okay. Well, I can tell you Elon Musk probably disagrees. Mm-hmm. Rich people probably disagree. Yeah. I am not attractive. I'm sure there's someone out there who finds you attractive. So mm-hmm. that is relative truth. It's not absolute truth. I am not intelligent. Well, there are many different types of intelligence. Which one are you talking about? Mm-hmm. And so as you start listing down relative truth, you start to see that there's two types of observations of the world. There's what is real, and then there's what we think is real. And often what we think is real is made up. Mm-hmm. Is made up sometimes by large groups of people consensually, sometimes made up by ourselves. So that's the first step. Yeah. Now you look at the list of relative truth, and, you tr- and if the relative truth is not serving you, try to find evidence of the contrary. Okay, so maybe you believe, oh, my body is so, my body just fails me. If I eat even a little bit of dessert, boom, mm-hmm. I blow up, right? Okay, have there been times when your body didn't fail you? Is that really true? Can we investigate that? Can we try eating some sugar and seeing if it's okay? So you start investigating Mm -hmm. and you start looking for evidence of the contrary. And as you start investigating and looking for evidence of the contrary, you will find it. We will find what we are seeking. Now, as you're doing that, there's one more thing you do, Mm -hmm. self-hypnosis. And I want to teach you the best way for self-hypnosis. So a lot of people hear about affirmations. Okay, so let's say you want to lose weight. All right. In the 80s, you may have heard that, you know, you should look in a mirror Mm -hmm. and you should say, I have a fit body. I have a wonderful body. But the problem with affirmations is that there's always a voice in your head that's going to go, no, you don't. You ate that pizza last night. So instead, you use a technique called lofty questions, which is a form of self-hypnosis. And it works like this. You don't declare that you have a healthy body. Rather, you say you ask a question to your subconscious. So you may look in the mirror as you're brushing your teeth. You may do it while you're meditating, but you say, why do I have such a healthy, fit body? Just that. You're asking a question. You're not making a declaration. Why do I have such a healthy, fit body? Why am I so productive at my work? Why do I have such incredible focus and, and wisdom when I'm on a project? Why am I so loved? Why do I have such great control over my emotions? Why do I sleep? so soundly and so well every night and wake up after eight hours. Something really interesting happens when you apply this technique. Firstly, that voice shuts down because Mm -hmm. you're not making a declaration, you're asking a question. Mm -hmm. Secondly, remember, we are not one entity. We are soul, mind, and subconscious, right? Mm -hmm. The trinity. Your subconscious looks at this question and now has to find the answer. And interesting things start happening your subconscious will start giving you answers to validate that, that concept. Why do I have a fit, healthy body of an athlete? Why do I sleep so well? You will start discovering. It's really interesting. Not only will you start getting insights, but you'll start discovering books, techniques. You'll start meeting people. Mm-hmm. It's as if reality this. is bending 
because your subconscious on its own is programming what to find. Wow. Wow. So the regular affirmations that we hear about. No, no, no. Don't do that, affirmations. Do that the oppo- opposition yeah. right away. Yeah. Do, do lofty questions. So again, yeah. I, l- let's repeat. Make a list of what is yeah. absolute truth and what is relative truth. Investigate your relative truth. Look for evidence of the contrary. And then practice lofty questions. Wow. Now, of course, you can also hire a great hypnotherapist. Uh, I do that. You know, mm-hmm. I pay thousands of dollars for one hour with a good hypnotherapist because even to this day, I find beliefs that are holding me back. Yeah. Um, and, and it helps. But you can also work. It's a slower approach, but you can work using this approach to attempt to eradicate beliefs that are holding you back. Vishen, we, I think there is a difference between conventional entrepreneurship and unconventional. Mm-hmm. From your standpoint, Well, I, I think I shared some of yeah. the unconventional ideas, yeah. right? Ooda looping, yeah. the 50-50 rule. Mm-hmm. So these you all take towards an unconventional. I, I have learned everything I think I can learn about conventional entrepreneurship, but I'm not concerned with just entrepreneurship. I'm mm-hmm. concerned with building a life, not just building a career. Okay. okay? So what I mean by building a life mm-hmm. is career is one of four pieces. I want to have incredible relationships with friends, lovers, family. I want to have incredible health. Career is number three. Career also involves money. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is spirituality. I want to explore and understand myself to best as I can. So when these four come together, that's when you're starting to build a life. So traditional entrepreneurship looks at one. Sure. You become beholden to your entrepreneurship journey. Unconventional says, my entrepreneurship journey is just part of a larger whole. I'm not going to sacrifice my family. I'm not going to sacrifice my health. As I'm being an entrepreneur, I'm also going to create self-mastery. Sri Kumar Rao mm-hmm. is this legendary MBA professor and a friend of mine. He's also one of the teachers on Mind Valley, and he teaches incredible MBA classes at Kellogg, Columbia, all of these top universities. And he teaches his students something really interesting. He says, Your business is not your business. Your business should never be the number one thing in your life. The number one thing in your life should be your rate of growth. How fast are you growing? How fast are you growing as a human being in your relationships? Mm-hmm. How fast are you growing in your health? How fast are you growing in your wisdom and knowledge? How fast are you growing in your self-awareness and spirituality? Your number one thing needs to be your rate of growth. Your business is nothing more than the fastest vehicle for your growth. Through your business, you learn leadership. You learn financial accountability. You learn how to deal with failure. You learn how to make decisions. Your business is nothing more than the greatest vehicle of your growth. That We forget that. We make our business number one. And that's why so many entrepreneurs struggle. When you make your business nothing more than the greatest vehicle of your growth, I can tell you this, your business will grow faster than you ever imagined. Rao says this, right? If your business hits a billion dollars, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Question is, did you grow? If your business fails, doesn't matter. Question is, did you grow? Your business is nothing more than a gym. When you go to a gym and you come out of that gym, you know, sometimes you're going to have like muscle pain. You're going to have like post-work, work, uh, post-leg day uh, cramps. But you know you're going to be better because of it, right? Likewise, when you go to the battlefield of business, sometimes things are going to go wrong. But you step out of it with a smile on your face because you know you just grew. When you take that approach to business, You become unfuckwithable. But a question. This means that you hold yourself from the business a little bit? 
Exactly. That is the great secret. Focus on growth. Right. And to they focus, all grow together. Your business is nothing more than your vehicle of growth. Just like your gym is your vehicle of growth. The last thing that I want to hear from you in this particular area, it's called the state of limitless. What is this? Right. Okay, so it uh, relates to this first idea, yeah. okay? So we can exist, I believe, mm -hmm. that truly amazing, successful people who are doing great amounts of momentum in the world, it's a tension between two things. Happiness in the now, mm -hmm. okay? That means good emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Happiness in the now. And the second thing is vision for the future. Now, so let's look at these yeah. two things. Let's put it into like a grid. Mm -hmm. If you are simply happy in the now, then that's not bad. But know that happiness is a drug. Mm -hmm. You can be happy while having an orgasm, mm -hmm. while smoking a joint. Immediately that happiness drops. Happiness is a state. Yeah. It goes up and down. It goes up and down. So it's not about the pursuit of happiness. No. Mm -mm. You can, they are, you can, you want to be happy, you can literally just medicate yourself, hook True. yourself up to, to a drip and just mm -hmm. be happy and laughing in bed all day. Happiness is not the mm -hmm. point. But the second state is vision for the future. These are people who, they are not happy, but they have a vision for the future. They have decided that, you know, right now the most important thing is the big company, the sales goals, the number of employees. They are sacrificing, 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 overworking, making themselves miserable because they are obsessed with the future, but they pay no attention to the now. Now, then there are people who have neither. They are neither happy now or they have no concept of the future. And those people are in a depression mm -hmm. and they go into a negative spiral. And if you're in that state, you need help. It's a horrible state to be in and sometimes you need help to pull yourself out. The best people have both. They have happiness in the now. So they are grateful, they are happy, they are appreciative, they have mastered their emotions, but they also have a vision for the future. What this means is that they are happy and loving their life right now, but they still want more. They want to get that company to the next level. They want to build that next new product. They want to grow to a thousand employees. That's where you want to be. When you're in that state, something magical happens. When you, it's almost as if you are blessed by luck. Mm -hmm. So I remember asking several great teachers, what is the secret to manifesting? And you know what is the one consistent thing everyone says? Being grateful. Being grateful for what you have, right? That's happiness mm -hmm. in the now. But if you're just grateful for what you have and you're not asking for more, then what are you manifesting? Mm -hmm. So you must be grateful for what you have. That's happiness in the now. Gratitude accelerates that happiness. But at the same time, you must have your, scope, your goals, big goals. That's why I always have these big goals, mm -hmm. half of which I expect to fail at. Because if I didn't expect to fail at they're fast, they're not big enough. I ask, what is your, so that is the state of limitless. I ask you, what is your favorite failure? My favorite, favorite, favorite failure. Yeah. Ooh, I tried to launch a new social network, right? Um, very similar to Instagram way back in 2005, mm -hmm. but I didn't have the funding to take it off the ground. But it was such a good idea. Such a good idea. It was like an early version of Instagram back when Nokia phones were in Ooh. existence. Back then, phones didn't have a good camera, mm -hmm. so it didn't really take off. Wow. What did you learn? What did I learn? Sometimes a good idea can come too early. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> True. And what is your greatest accomplishment? I would say it is the lives that my company Mind Valley is able to shift. Like every day I, I go on the street and I, I, people just stop me. Hey, I love Mind Valley. It changed my life. That is probably what I'm most proud of. We are an era that everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Right. Do you believe that everyone can be an entrepreneur? 
everyone can, but I'm not sure if everyone should. Sometimes it's great to have a, um, a stable job where you can, you love what you do and someone else is worrying about the bills because being mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, like how long did it take me? 13 years yeah. before I finally yeah. like could think of myself as successful. Being an entrepreneur can be a really wild ride. What is the characteristics of being homeless? Like the main things. Okay, so there are a couple of things which I think are important. But one of the most important things I believe is adaptability. You must be able to be adaptable to whatever life throws at you. And that's why mental training, mental conditioning is so important. Because if you're an entrepreneur, there's so many times when you're going to be in the brink of failure, that things that you, things may go wrong and you can't let yourself break. If somebody came to you and said, okay, I want to be part of Mind Valley. Right. What kind of, what you would tell them? Okay, jump, jump in on the app. I'll say that. Yes, I'll yeah. actually say, absolutely. I'm on it. Anybody's you want to be part of Mind Valley? I'll say, if you can afford it, get on, get on the app store, download the app. It's, it's super affordable. You're getting like, depending on the country you're in, three, four hundred bucks, you're getting over a hundred programs, right? Mm. If you can't afford that, we take a lot of our presentations and talks for the last 10 years from all our events and we make it free on YouTube for you. Wow. Go watch Mind Valley Talks channel. And if the other side, the coaches, somebody wants to be a coach on Mind Valley, what kind of courses they have? And I believe you have the criteria. Yeah. You are... Well, you're not a coach in Mind Valley, but we are training you to be a coach in your own field. Okay. Right. So some people become a Mind Valley certified coach mm -hmm. and they work in their workplace and they help other employees. Some people become a Mind Valley certified fitness coach mm -hmm. and they they already maybe working at a gym and now they want to bring in Mind Valley methodologies. And so I think it's I think the ultimate flex in today's world mm -hmm. is being able to say, I change lives. And that's why it's so interesting to be a coach. And so mindvalley.com forward slash certs, we offer many different certifications mm -hmm. as coaches. We'll go to the third pillar that Mind Valley has a lot of courses from well-known right. coaches or trainers. How do you vet these people? And how ah, that's really yes. interesting. So I look at a lot of different data points. Um, how great are their books? How are their how long are their books in the New York Times? Have they been on shows like Oprah? Mm -hmm. Many of our teachers have been on Oprah, have been New York Times bestselling authors, are world class like speakers on stage. So it's a very, very, very Criteria, high bar. Yeah. Right? Very nice. And they've put in many of them have put in years and years and years of work wow. to get there. The criteria. So yeah. When you said because one of the interesting things that you said, you took this kind of course for health, body fat thing. Right. And you put it Exactly. So, so when I discover you, something yeah. that's really great, something that's really, really, really great, I do a deal with mm -hmm. the company and I bring it onto Mind Valley because I want to share it with more people. So after I did WildFit, 10,000 people did WildFit. No way. After I did Lifebook, yeah. 75,000 people Lifebook. did, did Lifebook. And then Mind Valley, Mind Valley actually acquired the majority mm -hmm. shares in Lifebook and now we brought it onto Mind yeah. Valley. They're coming in Dubai soon. Yeah, yeah. exactly. March, yeah. There's yeah. a Lifebook retreat True. happening in Dubai. Yeah. If I ask you what's an alpha for that's an alpha talk show. So what's an alpha? How do you define an alpha? So it depends, right? Mm -hmm. um, how do you define an alpha? No, I want to hear it from you. And I'll tell you my vision. Because okay. for me, it's evolved from the time of becoming like controlling behavior. So alpha is a very, can be a dangerous term. Yeah. Because in some parts of the world, some parts of the US, alpha male behavior is considered dysfunctional, right? Mm -hmm. But what we are talking about here is leadership. And to me, a leader 
is someone who builds up other leaders. True leadership is recognizing that we are all one and that every person you lead has the same potential to be as great as you, as brilliant as you, as successful as you. Your job as an alpha leader is to remind them of this fact. You know, I ask every guest what's an alpha to them. One of the greatest definition I've heard. Thank you. If I ask you, share with me a talent or a skill that nobody knows about. Ooh, that's an interesting one. A talent or a skill that nobody knows about me. Okay, so I'm amazing at connecting people. Mm -hmm. Amazing. On my phone, I keep a database of 800 friends from around the world. No way. I know, I know things about them because I, I really take time to get to know people. Everywhere in the world I go, I organize little curated dinner parties. I know exactly who to invite. And then once people are in my field, I'm able to make all their ego disappear and just get people to really come close and connect with each other. Wow. I think I've connected more people in marriages or no in businesses <laughs> um, than, than anyone else I know. Wow. Yeah. So I had to get, I had to get um, certified to conduct weddings because a lot of people met through my events and they asked me, no way. since we found my, my husband and wife through you, could you conduct the wedding? So yes, so now I can officially conduct weddings. And if any of you guys need a wedding, I'll I'll no I'll, serious. Yeah, I'll do it. In fact, I'll, I'll do your next three weddings. I'll give you a fifty percent discount. Wow, wow! But it's true. Yes. Why did you do that? Why did you get certified? That's an interesting thing. Why did it's I get character. certified to conduct weddings? Yeah, it's, a, it's, it was, it's a character trait, you know, like because okay. it was it was twenty three dollars and ninety five cents on <laughs> certify certify yourself for weddings dot com or some other fishy website. So wow. why not? <laughs> I love you that. do a five-minute <laughs> quiz, uh, and you get a certificate oh my God. <laughs> from American Spiritual Ministries, something like that. Wow. Vision, I have a quick-fire qu section in the podcast, right. so I'll ask you a couple of quick questions, okay. and you answer me. Who is a person that influenced you the most in your life? A lot of people. People in terms of... Uh, so I want to keep it down to yeah. real-world people that yeah. I've met, okay? So I've really liked the entrepreneurship style of Richard Branson, mm. okay? That has been one. Neil Donald Walsh, I've also met him. He is now an author on Mind Valley. He wrote the Conversations with God book series. His writings have really influenced my life. Wow. Let's keep it at those two okay. for now. What's the most unexpected or unusual habit in your daily routine that contributes to success? Ooh, that is interesting. So I think the most unusual habit is perpetual gratitude. Hmm. Like I'm constantly like grateful. I'm just absolutely grateful. I'm con con constantly looking at my life and just being appreciative to God that I have what I have. What's the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning? I check my phone. And then I meditate. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I check my phone. I Instagram, what the hell is it doing to right my, 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 my brain? I'm like, oh, did, did anyone cool message me on Instagram? I, I love <laughs> did any of my honesty. friends reach out? I love and then honesty. I meditate. Yeah. I, I wish I could. Oh, I, should, I wish I could go straight to meditation. <laughs> but Instagram. Right. But I, but I guess I do it because a lot of my friends reach out to me on Instagram and I just have so many friends and yeah. I love them so much. And then I, but then I meditate and I do the six-phase meditation. Oh, you do the six Every day. Every day. Every day, yeah. If Mind Valley were a superhero, what would superpower for Mind Valley? If Mind Valley was a superhero, superhero, yeah, its superpower would be energy of elevation. That means every time you come into this energy, you become a better human being. Wow. What's the weirdest or most fascinating piece of feedback you've received from a mind valley? That my voice gives them an orgasm. 
<laughs> really? <laughs> They're like, I can't listen to your meditations. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's very awkward. <laughs> what is the happiness definition for you? Me, define happiness. Happiness? Yeah. happiness is being surrounded by friends and family. What's the single best advice you've received? Single best advice? Ooh, I know this one. Mm. I was having breakfast with the Reverend Michael Beckwith in Portugal. So Michael Beckwith is this superstar. He has been in, he's a really wise um, teacher of spirituality. He's been in more documentaries than anyone else alive. And he was in the movie The Secret. And I said, Michael, you know, mm. it's been 20 years since The Secret. So this was 2019. And I asked him, do you still believe in the law of attraction? What, would, what has changed? And he goes, it's not about the law of attraction. The universe doesn't give you what you want. Rather, the universe will reflect back to you who you are. I call it the law of resonance. So I never forgot that. The universe doesn't give you what you want. Rather, the universe will reflect back to you who you already are. That's a great In three words, describe this. In three words. Yeah. Loving, grateful, bold. What kind of final message do you want to leave the audience today? If I can leave your audience with one message, it's this. What is your rose? Rose stands for rate of self-evolution. Wow. Okay? Mm-hmm. I think your rose is one of the most important variables we measure in our life. And your rose means how many books are you reading a week? How many online courses are you doing? Are you setting aside money? to go for learning and seminars? Are you investing in a good fitness coach? Are you investing in a good uh, mental health coach? Are you studying books to help you get better at what you do? Rate of self-evolution. You should be spending at least half an hour every day, at minimum half an hour, helping yourself evolve. You had a birthday. Yeah, I turned 48 on Sunday. Are you ready? Yeah. Thank you. So publicly now, everyone knows no, my that. age. You rat bastard. No need for Wikipedia and Google panel. Mm. Uh, we, we will all sing. Okay. Right. Okay, wait. Ola, yeah. could you film this? <laughs> this is hilarious. Thank you. We will all sing. Okay. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to Vision. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Happy birthday. Really. Happy Thank birthday. you, my friend. This was an awesome conversation. Wish you, wish you a great year ahead. You're an amazing personality, and it's really an honor to have you sitting with me today. Likewise. We have the last section of the okay. Alpha Talks. Wait, we don't get to eat the cake? Yeah, we will, You're yeah. going to put that there and just tempt me with all of that chocolate and sugar? Yeah. You couldn't lie about my age a bit? Like, like 48? And you know, did you see the candles? Like, right. large numbers. <laughs> so the last section of the Alpha Talks... It's wait, 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 wait. How old are you? Uh, 39. Is he really 39? Uh, uh, Google say 40, but I'm 39. <laughs> <laughs> so the last section is... Uh, it's called the Alpha Talks Memoir, where we ask our Alpha guests three questions. Right. And the Alpha guest has to do three things. It's the right their experience in the talk, uh, the show. Okay. And the second is write a question to the next Alpha guest. Okay. So it's a way of connecting the Alpha guests together. Love that. Uh, which means that you will answer 
the previous guest. Yes. So are you ready? I am ready. Yeah. Okay. Money or time, which is more valuable? Absolutely time. Absolutely time. Can you tell us quickly why? Because a lot of people now are running just off. Right. And it's tiring. So I think when you are younger, when you are younger, money is more important because you have the time. Yeah. When you're 48, which you've made abundantly <laughs> clear to everyone in your audience, you've made money. Time is what is valuable. Time with your kids, you know, because they're growing up. Time with your loved ones. Time with your parents because you don't know how long they're going to be around. Time becomes more valuable. Thank you very much for being with us today. Thank you. I think I enjoyed it the most. That's the most episode that I really enjoyed it. A lot of knowledge that I gained. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And I'm sure that all our viewers and listeners will love this episode. Thank you for your I time. I want a beard like yours when I grow up. <laughs> there is an oil here. <laughs> pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thank it. You. It's a pleasure. Thank you. That wraps another inspiring episode of today's show. I hope that this episode has ignited your inner alpha and left you feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to conquer any challenge that comes your way. Remember, alphas aren't born, they're made. It isn't about dominating others. It's about embracing your authenticity, leading with integrity, and making a positive impact on the world. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Alpha Talks on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a review and share the podcast with your fellow alphas. Also connect with us on social media at Safer Hakim. Share your thoughts, insight, and stories of personal and business growth with us. Let's create a movement of alphas supporting one another. The world needs more alphas like you, exactly. Until next time, stay bold, stay driven, and stay alpha.